You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear of an example of why. 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County is just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,500 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide to this podcast and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalize our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at Providence Strategic Consulting Incorporated here on F Street in Bakersfield. And our guest is the one and only <laughs> Tracy Leach. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad and, to be here. And if you hear some clicking in the background and whatnot, it's because true to form here at uh, Providence, they are taking pictures and video for social media of this very interview so that it can be broadcast. And this should be a, a lesson for you out there in Visioneer Nation for what you should be doing with your small businesses as well. And we'll get into all that wonderful good stuff of media marketing and all those wonderful sort of things. But one of the reasons why I wanted to interview Tracy today is she has a very powerful superpower, and that is strategic communications and building coalitions. Explain to us why that's so important, Tracy. Thanks, Michael. Um, well, advocating is something I love to do, and I figured that out fairly early on, that mm -hmm. I really got passionate and fired up when uh, someone needed advocacy. They and, needed an advocate. And what is advocacy? Advocacy is, well, in our business, it's typically a business going in and wanting to do something spectacular, get permitted to build a new you know, open a new mine, hmm. um, upgrade an oil refinery, put in a shopping center, a development project, and there's potentially opposition to that. Mm -hmm. We go in and tout the benefits. We go in and monitor that process and make sure they are properly represented and advocated for and the jobs are touted, the best messages are put forward, and, you know, you don't just leave them to chance. Mm -hmm. You get in there and roll up your sleeves and make sure they have an advocate, a true champion for what they're trying to do. And we get really excited about that. We get fired up to do that kind of work. And I was just at city council last night uh -huh. um, advocating for two different clients, and uh, fortunately, it was an easy process last night, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it can be more of a, a battle and more, more difficult and more challenging, which is okay with us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's fun to advocate and we've just turned it into a business. How has the superpower of coalition building helped your business become successful? 
Well, when you build that coalition for a project like I described, you tend to meet a lot of people. Mm. You come across a lot of folks. So if the project, you know, needs needs allies Mm -hmm. and we go to the local chambers of commerce and we go to the community based organizations and we go to um, whatever it is that will help move that project forward. We tend to meet and interface with a lot of people. Mm. And so building those coalitions that will most impact that project, be the most effective to the, to the board of supervisors or the city council members, you know, what is that coalition of, of um, supporters Mm -hmm. that will most persuade them that, yes, this is a great project. This ought to be um, supported. And this coalition building doesn't happen just in Bakersfield, does it? No, no. We've done it all over the state of California. We've actually worked on a lot of ballot measures in California. Mm. Um, You know, yes or no on proposition, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, We've helped get those over the finish line. Um, Eight different ballot measures statewide. We typically manage all of Central California. Oh, wow. Wow. They break it up. California is an enormous state, a huge economy. So our firm typically has current to the Sacramento County line, Mm. and we'll do all that coalition building on the ground, going around, um, meeting with those chambers and school districts and whoever the stakeholders are, and making sure they understand it Mm -hmm. and getting them on board. It's very grassroots. It's, Mm. yes, there's the big television campaign going on, but you can't ignore the, the grassroots. At least we don't recommend it. It's still very effective. Right, very, sure, very sure. effective. Well, and it's one of those things that you learn very early on in politics that door-to-door yes. selling, as it were, <laughs> is very effective uh-huh. still when you yeah. get the candidate or the people involved in the proposition yeah. going door-to-door is yeah. still very effective yeah. because in this high-touch world of the Internet, mm-hmm. high-touch in person is still more yeah. effective. Yes, it came back big time, I would argue, last November. Mm-hmm actually it kind of had a renaissance what you're talking about that door-to-door the personal touch mm-hmm. um some did it better than others and to you know spectacular effect on election day right. and it was a lot of throwback mm. to uh, grassroots politicking right not the fancy you know digital had it's it's still very important and we can talk about that but you know, Barack Obama and the 08 and then, you know, Trump and his Twitter account, that all (laughs) was so, you know, groundbreaking and such a big deal and you must have it to succeed. And now it's kind of, it's funny how things come full circle. Sure. sure. And now it's, gosh, you should have knocked on doors last November. You would have won. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of uh, humorous to watch the Keep in mind that for as great as social media is and digital marketing is, you still need to go actually touch Mm -hmm. and meet and talk to your Mm -hmm. customer in person. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And relationships are such a big deal. Mm -hmm. Just our getting clients. um, You had asked me prior to this interview about um, gaining your first 100 clients, and I kept coming back to relationships. Right. It wasn't digital advertising as much as we love that and we do that here at Providence. It it's relationships overwhelmingly that has been what has brought business to us. It's no who do you know and what do they think of you and what did you do for them? How successful were you? And then they tell two friends and so on. And that has been the bulk of the business sure. that comes in and to us. There's a, a great sales coach by the name of Jeffrey Gittimer who took the old saying of, 
it's not who you know, but turns it into who knows you. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> That's good. Yes, we we want people to be known. Our clients, we we build up their websites, we build up their social media platforms, we grow that presence so that people do know who they are and what they do. And uh, we reach their exact target through digital mediums. But mm -hmm. we also agree that the relationships, you just can't ignore that in, in business. It's, it's a must. It's still a must, mm -hmm. even with the digital world. At Clarua Tire Company, we know that you want to be safe and secure riding on tires from a family who cares about your family as much as we care for our own. In order to do that, you need quality tires from a family you trust. The problem is, is that there are a hundred different national tire stores in town and their buying process is a chore and they treat you like a faceless number. We believe that you and your family are an extension of our family. We understand the noise you feel with the hundreds of faceless different tire companies that treat you like a faceless number. And that is why we at Clearwood Tire Company have one of the largest repeat customer bases in Kern County for the last 77 years. Here's how we do it. When you come into Clearwood Tire, you're not just a number, you become family. We select the specific tire that's the safest for your family, your car, and your budget. We install your tires and give you an unconditional guarantee on your tires. Join the Clarou Tire Company family at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California, or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com. Stop the feeling of faceless confusion from 100 different national tire stores. Join the family with the Clarou Tire Company family. You'll be glad you did. Clarou Tire Company, 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California. Or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com. We're here with Tracy Leach in Providence Strategic Consulting. And... Uh, I wanted to ask you, when it comes to coalition building and communicating, how do you apply that gift on a daily basis? That's an interesting question. Um, it is an, it's fun to, to look at um, a task, anything mm -hmm. you want to accomplish, mm -hmm. and how to get there. It's very similar mm. in the way we do things on a project. Mm -hmm. You think about what's the best person, organization, first step to take to actually get to that objective. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my mind kind of easily works in that fashion of the steps, the right steps. There's always a, a best way and a worst way to go about any task or project. And what are those steps? Um, well, who, there, there's a, I'm always encouraging our staff to know the secretary, the administrative assistant, the gatekeeper. Right. Never ever dismiss that individual. Never overlook them. Right. It's a mistake. Mm. It's a terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. And how you treat the servers at the restaurant. Right. Big deal. Really big deal. It is. And it says a lot about your character and it says a lot to the owner. Right. To the CEO. Right. So I always am encouraging that you don't 
leap over those individuals, you you care. You re- be respectful. Sure, sure. Because you are being judged, and you should be, frankly. Right. Be judged by how you treat those people. So it's really interesting because it would be easy to do. Oh, my, my appointment is with the president. My appointment's with the CEO. Right. And not be appropriate or respectful with the gatekeepers and, and everyone else who makes that business go. Right. And you're being judged, and, and you should be cautious and conscientious about that and treat people correctly all the time. Well, and it's one of those kind of things, too, that whether we know it or not is that the CEO or the president relies on the advice of the president, or excuse me, of the mm-hmm. secretary mm-hmm. and the janitor yes. and those people. And yep. uh, they're the ones who are going to tell the CEO, the president, or the business owner, oh, by the way, that yep. person's a jerk. Yes, you know? <laughs> absolutely. I know this because that happens in our shop. And I respect those people. I know how valuable they are to me. And so I feel every other executive or, or president of a company uh, is wired the same way. Right. And they actually, they've put a lot of confidence in that person. And it's, it's a terrible mistake, too. So you're, you're building a coalition from, from the moment you reach out, from the moment you walk in the door. Yes, they're all going to talk about you and comment on you. And it's going to impact your business relationship with that company. Sure. It is. Because we've had that happen here. <laughs> to where we, we went, oh, you're right. That's terrible. Right, That right. is just not good. So... And being being respectful of people is just basic. Right. And this also, I would guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, comes to play when you're choosing the clients to whom you serve. Is mm-hmm. you do some background, you do some research, and you go talk to other people about the client and feel them out and see if these people are worth being your client and going to bat for them. Yeah, that's true. Sure. We have to make sure... We don't just, yeah, we're not just um, hired by anybody. We we need to believe it. We need There needs to be some nexus mm-hmm. to our character here and our, our core values, and it has to work for us. It's, we, just, we just can't do a good job without having some, yeah, confidence mm. in that business and ability to advocate for them. It doesn't mean, you know, they're exactly like us, but we, we need to kind of get there their their jam and and be able to do an effective job and i would just be straightforward with them about that same thing though with employees Mm -hmm. um we do a lot more than we used to and i that was a mistake i made early on as a younger business person was uh, too quick to hire uh somewhere i saw that and and stole it um to uh, hire slow and fire fast. Mm-hmm. I did not have that right earlier in my business, and that was a mistake. It just cost us a lot of time mm-hmm. um, being too um, rushed to hire. We do much slower hiring process now, and it has benefited us greatly. What is your process for hiring? Well, we do we use Indeed a lot, and of course all our platforms to push out, but we do a lot of personal checking like you were talking about, asking people I'll see some company on their resume, and I know them. We we reach out. We do a lot more vetting. or a lot more careful. You just, you know, it's it's like a first date, an interview. You, they put on the, the best face, and you just, you got to dig down deeper than that because it's really costly right. when it doesn't work out. It's just, it's a huge time suck, and it's expensive for particularly small businesses. It's 
it's tough. It's it's not something to overlook. So we're a lot more cautious. We're going to do um, a minimum of two interviews always. We're going to do multiple people interviewing them with multiple perspectives. And I, I was just at a PR, public relations conference in um, Vienna. Mm. And the one of the owners, agency owners like ours, was talking about having a very slow hiring process. Don't panic. Yeah, you need somebody in there. You need an employee. It's still not worth it to rush. You've got to take your time, be deliberative. He does multiple interviews, and he has the final interview and has actually nixed people that his staff thought was fabulous. They mm -hmm. they really revealed something that was just not in keeping with their company, and he caught it, you know, on the third interview, basically. And it just but it saves you a lot of time and wasted resources. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Tracy Leach and Providence Strategic Consulting, and too much of a good thing can be a detriment. How is focusing too much on coalition building a bad thing? Um, yeah, because the, the coalition building piece is sort of half of our business. We also do straight up marketing and public relations for companies that um, it's more of a, a marketing effort and not a coalition build. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the public relations side of our business. So we're kind of split. And I, we've deliberately done that to be diversified. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have a PR and marketing for businesses that are already up and just want to use the digital, particularly the digital sphere more effectively. Mm -hmm. So we'll come up with a strategic marketing plan for them to get them out on the right platforms. Who's their target customer? Who's mm -hmm. their target demographic? And digital is so cool for actually digging right down I mean, we do TV campaigns, but come on, you know, did they go see that commercial? Did they actually look at that billboard when they drove down the road? We do billboards too, but digital is so very targeted. Right. You can really um, identify and target with your ads online very specifically and strategically. And we like that. Plus it's measurable. PR, We this business is often criticized um, by the financial guys and the the executives, the C-suite, with that's so fluffy and that's cute, but how many, you know, widgets did that sell, really? Right. And digital so measurable in who it reached and what action they took. Did they click? Did they engage? It's There's a lot of ability to measure, which we love, and we can report that out to our clients, the analytics sure, behind sure. behind the campaigns. And as far as an individual business owner trying to make decisions, because we talked a little bit about hiring slowly and firing quickly and and looking for consensus and, and building coalitions in a, in a business environment, mm -hmm. when can too much of that be a bad thing? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's my company. Ultimately, um, the bug needs to stop with me. And so internally, mm -hmm. when you're talking about getting consensus, we, we do ask our employees for their opinions often. We get consensus. We, 
but at the end of the day, it's it's my my responsibility, and so I, I have to just make a, a judgment call, and that's the mark of an entrepreneur. Truly, right? You are okay with that, and I am. It's I understand it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of I think it's in your DNA if you're a small business owner. Either you have that or or you don't, because I know people that don't enjoy that um, responsibility, sure, duty, sure. obligation. And it just doesn't bother me. It's that's part of the the job, and it's part of running a business, and that's okay. I just try to um, have wisdom and make good calls because I do feel the more employees we get, the more uh, obligation I feel, duty, um, so many mouths to feed. Sure, sure. <laughs> I really feel um, responsible for their well being and. Not just our business, but our, we're as good as our employees here. Right. So I, I really feel a, a, a lot of weight of responsibility to make the right calls in our shop, inside our business. So, Was your gift of strategic consulting something that was naturally born to you, or was this something that, uh, a, a skill that you had to learn? Oh, I would say it's, it was inherent. I think I got it from my father. I think it was something that you're kind of wired that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I look at things and think about things, it took me many years into adulthood to kind of figure out where I was supposed to be, my niche. But I always like to think strategically mm-hmm. and and do things in the proper order and the smartest way. You know, there's like I said, there's an intelligent way to accomplish a goal, and there's a clunky way to do it <laughs> and, so, and how do you determine the difference on mm-hmm. on what's the what is the strategic way to do that mm-hmm. and what's the clunky way experience has taught me a lot but mm-hmm. again i i just kind of see it and i remember talking to more seasoned counselors in in public affairs and um, them saying it's really fun to do strategy with you <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're both all geeked out like it's and it's i know most people would be you're weird that is so weird but we, yeah, if you're kind of wired that way, it's fun to strategize and figure out the steps. I don't know. I don't find it that difficult, mm-hmm. really. I don't. It's And, and we, it usually and, works out. We've been really successful with, like, projects, getting those. And give us an example of how that, proce- that process of taking an issue or a problem or a challenge and strategically yeah. thinking it out. Give yeah. us an example of that. Well, for example, we've had projects that need some sort of permit or some sort of um, um, thumbs up from a level of government. Mm-hmm. And they'll come in. Usually companies come when it's kind of hitting the fan, which always bums us out because it's so much more fun to proactively set up a <laughs> campaign or an effort. And no, they often come when, oh, my gosh, the moment um, things are just going sideways. And so they'll tell us about some difficult um, council member or assembly member or county supervisor or whatever it is. And we we go, well, of course, because they don't, that person you have doing that, they had the thing with the thing and we know the history. And we, so you got to strategize and go, the, the right person to speak to him or her is not that person. You need to dial that back. That, that was a mistake. Right. And they didn't know because a lot of times they're developers who don't spend any time in the political space until they need that permit or they're from out of town. And that that happens a lot as well. They'll come in to do some sort of development. They just don't understand the dynamics here and they don't understand the relationships Mm. and they kind of mess that up. So we figure out the better person to advocate 
and to make that ask and and to get others engaged because you just you just kind of do need to know a little bit where the bodies are buried and kind of who who talks to who and and what works best and just be smart about it it's it's just it's knowledge just local knowledge helps a great deal a great deal how did you learn how to exercise and control this ability to think strategically and to build coalitions how did you develop that it's really time and experience which frustrates young professionals it Mm. i just don't think it's an overnight thing it's it's really learning i try to mentor we have a lot of young professionals on our staff um, because we need that digital finesse and expertise and comfort that they have with the digital space mm-hmm. but um they they just need the, the experience you you learn so much through going through a really tough project and seeing all the the uh roadblocks that arise and you have to overcome them mm-hmm. and just figure it out you need to think and think your way out of difficulties and it's it's really a good good process for for shaping you as a professional in that in this space. It's but you've got to do it. It comes through doing. I, I try to teach and I try to mentor and I tell them about projects we've gone through, but they're they're young and they just need to experience it. It's the best. It's still the best teacher experience in what we do. And speaking of experience, there is this somewhat mistaken notion in the small business owner world or the entrepreneurial world, because everybody knows that you woke up this morning, Tracy, and you started your business, and now that it's lunchtime, you are a multimillionaire, and this evening, you're selling your company to Bill Gates, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. If that were true, wow. No. Yeah, that doesn't happen. And people need to realize that doesn't happen. But I have seen um, younger people throw out a a sign and say they're in business and it turns out to be a lot harder than they realized. It's it's tough. You got to have a certain makeup personality that is willing to persevere, is not very easily dissuaded because it's easy to quit in a small business. There's about a hundred times a month you could quit. You could say this is too much, and but you just don't. Do you have an example of just how don't. you how you learned how to get up every morning even when the chips are down? I just think people are wired to be entrepreneurs. I don't. I don't think it's learned. I think certain people are truly wired to be entrepreneurial, and I kind of see it in people. I try to always encourage it because I really didn't have a lot of mentors in this space. Mm-hmm. It just. It was a lot of just learning by making mistakes and experience and figuring it out. What is one of the biggest experiences that you had that you have learned from? Um, Gosh, working with when we do statewide projects Mm -hmm. and we work with much bigger firms, I just listen. Mm -hmm. I was a sponge because they were much more experienced than me, had been in it longer had a lot more, um, yeah, time in the business. So I loved it. I loved collaborating with Sacramento firms, Los Angeles firms, and I learned a ton from all of them. Is this why you went to Vienna? Yes, that collaboration is, um, we're a partner in, it's called WorldCom PR, and it's basically a giant collaboration of public relations firms. Mm -hmm. 
and it's fantastic and it's it's very tough to get in it's it's very strictly vetted you're audited and you have to raise your game it caused it forced us to Good. i really wanted to be in it mm-hmm. and they put all the requirements out and at first we got nauseated <laughs> <laughs> we can't do this no way that's what we thought right. again it's one of those times when we could have just quit it would have been much easier to just walk away it sure. was it was voluminous hmm. and so my operations director we both just sweated it out it was grueling is literally grueling it was your worst final exam in college times 10 it was it was grueling but getting through it just made us so much better we had to really raise our game and um, and kind of sweet talk them into letting us in because there's some really really outstanding firms in it and and we have a, l- a lot of growth we can do to catch up but it's fabulous um, being around them and getting those best practices and I encourage it I think a lot of small business owners um, shy away at membership dues or the, that's a partnership um, agreement. And you shouldn't, and it's, it would be easy. You look at your cash flow and you go, nah. I think we small business owners look at the cost a lot and don't look at the benefits enough. We just look at that payment and say, uh, no, that's, and we don't stop and consider what we are able to do when we have those collaborations with them is bring back much more expertise. And I, it's again, it's, it's tough to, to, um, measure but I know it. I know it because we're in the pitch meeting with a new client and we're much more skilled. We're more knowledgeable. I know that we're winning business because we've raised our game and we're, we're interfacing with much um, more expert public relations firms nation, uh, nationwide and worldwide. Mm. And it's really interesting to, to network with PR firms in Paris and those in um, in uh, London and all over the world, it's fascinating to hear the campaigns. There's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. in the work, but there's also differences cultural um, mainly. But it's fascinating. It's just, it just really expands your your knowledge. It's fun for our Visioneer Nation listeners who are listening right now. In your opinion, what would be one thing that they could do today that would help improve? their coalition building skills their coalition building skills oh they've got to get out and network we were ta- we started off talking about the personal they've got to get out there and know first the people in their community so if they're not really engaging i would really encourage it if you've got to get out and network mm-hmm. um, be a member of the chamber of commerce and go beyond that even we're members in so many so many organizations and free your employees to help you. We've made it a requirement here that each of our employees is involved. Don't, don't just have them come do their job and, and go home, say, Hey, would you be interested in being part of this and that, you know, pick a group, pick an organization that, um, we let them, you know, propose to mm-hmm. us what, oh, nice. and we say, yeah, that would benefit Providence and you. And we, we come to that agreement and we diversify it. We don't let all the employees be just members of one organization. We are very diversified. We're in all kinds of things. And we give them that time and, uh, to go in, and participate. And it expands your, your, uh, your band with much more than a business owner who's, we're usually overwhelmed often. Right. A lot of small business owners are overwhelmed. 
uh, with their responsibilities. So go ahead and let your employees engage. Get, let them go out there and be ambassadors for you and grow your, your, your brand and grow your coalition building ability. Because after that, when we need something, um, we need a skill set, we need advice, we need someone to help us out. We go to an employee and go, don't you know them from the group? <laughs> and they say, yes, I can totally call them. Right. And it, it, it's a benefit. It's a huge benefit. They, they go, yeah, I'll make that phone call. And boom, we've gotten what we needed. We got the answer. It just guessing and figuring out. It can be really lonely being a small business owner. Right. It can. You sometimes feel really solo. So I would encourage small business owners to not let that uh, happen for very long and empower even a, a few of your employees, empower them to, to network and, and it, get out. And if nothing else, it helps also bring in more business. Sure. Yeah. They're out. Yeah. We, we sometimes give them goals to, uh, hit for, uh, handing out business cards. Nice. And they come back and go, I did it. And we say, okay, we owe you lunch or something like that. So there's a, I was having a conversation a couple of days ago with an entrepreneur that I thought did something very clever with that. And what he did was they would, he did like you suggested where you have employees go out and there's a goal on how many business cards they give out. And he had written a word on the back of each of the cards and, and he's very biblically based, but it was a single word out of a certain passage of the Bible. And he would actually give bonuses to his employees when, when new customers would come in with a business card with, the, with a, one of the words oh, of the wow. passage on the back of the card. Oh, that's cool. I love it. And, Clever. And so that's, that, awesome. that's how he measured it. And, oh. uh, and that's how he rewards his employees for going out and promoting the company. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. As we close out our interview here, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me at Providence Consulting is um, our phone number, 327-1698. Or um, they can always go on our website, which is provconsult.com. That's P-R-O-V consult.com. And we've got a really cool website there. We're on most social platforms as well. It's easy to find us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, we're, we're there and we're very active, of course, in those spaces. And LinkedIn? Yes, LinkedIn. Absolutely, you're right. I left off LinkedIn. And so any of those would be a great way to find us, message us, and contact us through the website as well. Sounds great. Well, Tracy, thank you for being on Small Business Celebration Podcast and sharing your wisdom and insight. And we thank you for being a visioneer. Thank you. It's fun. <laughs> I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be. And is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. 
Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.